This is the Morning Sports Desk for Monday, June 26th. It was a good weekend for the Minnesota Twins, and they got hits from uh, just about everybody, including uh, this guy. And the 0-1. Ground ball right side, base hit right field. Castro rounding third. He will be sent in. Veerling fires towards the plate. It is offline. He scores. Vasquez to second. He is going to be out there, but the run does count. So Vasquez shoots one through the right side, driving in his 17th run. The Twins score three in the 10th inning. Yeah, and the Twins would go on to win, Corey, by a score of 6-3. to three. They take the series against the Tigers in Detroit, 2-1. to one. Come from behind victory. The Twins now have eight victories uh, when they're trailing in the eighth inning or later. And uh, don't ask me how many losses that they've had while trailing in the eighth inning or later. Winners of 4 of 5, now they're back above 500. Exactly. We got above 500. Don't ask how long that's going to change. They have a three-game series against the Atlanta Braves in Atlanta this week, which, you know, is going to be uh, it's basically going to be like that Tampa Bay series in terms of how tough your opponent is. Well, they have the best record in the National League. They're 50-27. and 27. Yeah, the, the Reds, who won uh, 11 games in a row, they played them on Friday. The Reds beat them, and they were doing the tomahawk chop, you know, to make fun of them. Yeah. And then the Braves proceeded to smoke them the next two days. So uh, they're good. Is there a – well, and that's the way they've been all season long, right? They have two wins for every loss. <laughs> that's a good way That's a good way to go through a season. Yeah, it turns out it's not like uh, – uh, people think you get those records by ripping off 10 in a row. That's actually not how you do that. You do it by consistently winning two out of three, and all of a sudden you end right. up – Win your series, win the week, something like that. It turns out small incremental success is better than just random runs of success. And, uh, by the way, that's all the Twins have done this year. They either win 4 or 5 or they lose 4 or 5. And when you put it all together. roughly about a 500 baseball team, And wouldn't it? you know where that – by the way, the Twins projected this year to win about 84 games, so they're sitting – They're, they're, they're right, right on pace. There. So what has been the, what's been the story over the last five games – why have them, they been able to, to rattle off four out of the last five? They've been able to hit a little bit. I think that's pretty much been the story of it. Uh, there was a tweet yesterday by some random guy on, on, on Twitter. He was commenting to a Dan Hayes tweet. Dan Hayes writes for The Athletic, uh, covers the Twins, and uh, basically uh, he was like basically trashing the pitching. And Dan Hayes uh, basically said the Twins rotation has the second best ERA, the Twins pitching staff rather, the entirety, including the bullpen, has the second best ERA in the month of June with like an ERA of under four. It's not been the hitting or it's not been the pitching. It has been the hitting that's that's basically taken away from how good this pitching staff has been. They've been able to get some timely hits. And more importantly, uh, Royce Lewis, uh, who has kind of emerged because Buxton had some back spasms. He hasn't quite been healthy over the last few days. But in this Detroit series, it's been guys like Christian Vasquez who's sneakily been heating up over the last few weeks. Carlos Correa has been in there. Royce Lewis has kind of taken over because Kirloff is sliding a little bit. Royce Lewis has taken over as that guy who just manages to get hits. Him and Donnie Barrels are kind of those two guys who are the closest thing to average hitters that the Twins have. I believe Royce still has a batting average over 300. Uh, here's what manager Rocco Baldelli had to say about Royce Lewis. It's a mentality thing. 
that comes with experience in our game and sometimes very few guys learn that very young in our game it's something that i think more experienced players see they watch other guys do it different situations what are we trying to actually accomplish with this at bat a home run's always great. We're not going to hit a home run every time we step to the plate. So what are we trying to do? Making that decision before you get to two strikes, that's another key. Royce has definitely done a better job of that. He's done a good job, actually, knowing what he wants to do when he steps to the plate. He put some good athletic swings on the ball because there were some swings where he's looking fastball and he's getting something else, he's reacting. Then he backs the ball up a little bit, sees it deeper, and he shoots it to right. Like he, he did a lot of different things today and recently, so he's looked good. What do you think about that, Corey? Is that not an indictment on a bunch of people who have been in the league for a long time and their approach to hitting? Yeah, a little bit. To come to come out and say um, he's making a decision on what his he wants this at bat to look like before he steps in the batter's box? You mean he's not coming up to try and just daddy hack the ball? That's an absurd thing. I mean, awesome. That's That's super cool. It's a weird thing to get a compliment for like doing your just like doing the regular parts of your job <laughs> right isn't that weird it's a yeah isn't that like we i you know what royce does an awesome job of being prepared for every single at bat before he has two strikes what an insane thing to say about a professional baseball player and by the way it's a very subtly about all of your teammates it's a very passive aggressive thing to probably some hitters on the lineup here's what royce lewis had to say yeah, just the, the good routine that we have with Pop and, and all the guys down there. And, you know, it, they're just really helping me out and uh, just staying on top of it every day. It's a grind and it's a different pitcher, different things and different approach we got to make. But uh, we're making the right adjustments. There's a there's a thing that Royce Lewis said. Uh, and uh, I can't remember if he told Rocco, if he told the hitting coach Dave Popkins or if he told third base coach Tommy Watkins. Uh, Royce Lewis led off the bottom of or the top of the 10th inning. In a tie game, Carlos Correa on second base, and he was able to slap the ball into right uh, into left field, and Correa went home. He got the go-ahead RBI, and the Twins ended up winning 6-3. But he basically said, at some point in the ball game, he said, I'm becoming Luis Arise today. He said, I'm, there's a lot of grass out there in, in the outfield. He's like, and I'm going to get there. And he ended up going three for four. Weird. Weird, isn't it? I just thought you'd enjoy that information, Corey. Weird about how just making solid contact and getting on base is what it should all be about. And so the interesting thing is, is obviously Royce Lewis has more potential to be than uh, a, just a, like a slap hitter. He's got some power. He's got some pull in his swing. But it's an interesting kind of arc for a young guy because, and the numbers have bore this out, uh, he swings at a lot of pitches because he's young. Yes, he does. And he has not seen big league pitching and he still has to understand what big league hitters are trying to do to him. But the fact that he kind of recognizes that and he kind of like and he's trying to hone in his craft and whether that's being around Correa, whether he's just always been that guy, seems like it's more of the second one. But like uh-huh. but like Royce Lewis is twenty three years old and he seems like a guy who's got a good head on his shoulders and kind of understands what it takes to play in this league for a long time. That's not saying he will. But it's saying if you're trying to project future success, to see Lewis come after back-to-back ACL surgeries to his knee, feels like he hasn't skipped a beat. Yeah, he's free swinging at a lot of pitches. His swing rate rate is really, really high. But in the next couple years, that's projected to go down because he'll end up seeing more big league pitching. My whole thing is like, does that make you feel pretty good about the Twins' current third baseman? Well, he his entire career 
he's immediately had it, right? Mm-hmm. But uh, what's important in all of this to me is that when he has gotten his chance either at the next level or immediately after an injury, he has produced instantly, right? Mm-hmm. He gets called up for the first time a season ago off an ACL injury mm-hmm. and is immediately relevant in the lineup. I understand that some of this is like being the fresh face and guys don't know how to pitch to you and, and all of that. He's going to have some now being called up here early and being a part of this early. He's going to he's gonna go through some blues at some point in this season because, of course, he is. Mm-hmm. That being said, every time he has been given the opportunity, whether it's the call-up to the next level or after this injury, he has been immediately relevant. Think about how impactful he was when he finally was able to step foot in the batter's box offensively this season off an ACL. He doesn't miss. Uh, he is he is uh, rendered himself completely relevant offensively uh, uh, with this ball club, and every time he's been given an opportunity to prove himself, he has done it. Th- Thoroughly. And it's not just that he does it. It's that like there appears to be a process behind it. Like Miguel Sano is rookie year. He mashed the ball. And he was like a runner-up for rookie of the year. He and was it, so fun that year. He was so fun. And the thing was, big league pitchers adapted, and he had no game plan on how to adapt back outside of a juice ball in 2019. So like it's to say that it's good early success for Royce Lewis. And the thing that makes me confident that it's going to last is the fact that he's got a decent head on his shoulders and kind of understands already, like, hey, today I'm just going to, like, I'm not even focused on driving the ball. We're playing in Detroit. I'm not focused on hitting the ball over the fence. It's a deep ballpark. I'm just going to find some green grass. And he goes three for four and gets the Twins the go-ahead RBI in the 10th inning. And it's things like that that just kind of show, like, when when the hitters do adapt to him, He's going to know how to counterpunch. And when he finally does see big league pitching enough, he's going to lay off certain pitches. He's going to know when's the right time to swing, when's the right pitch. And not only that, how is the right approach? How you know, you know, know, how do I swing at this outside pitch? And why is it different than when I swing at a pitch that's inside and stuff like that? It makes me feel a lot more confident. And Royce Lewis has all the talent because he's a number one overall pick. And I think I forget that all the time, and I need to remind myself, so I'm reminding all of you. He's a number one overall pick. Right. That's exactly right. He's not a guy who has uh, just, oh, no, we're down a spot. Let's give this guy the call up and the opportunity because the guy we really want to play here in two years isn't quite ready yet. Mm -hmm. He's the guy they picked with the number one pick. The first draft pick of the Falvey regime. And that's like he was picked to be a staple of the organization, right? The guy who started over at third base to start the season mm-hmm. was never – I think there's there's hopefully good things for him still to come. In, for Jose Miranda. For Jose Miranda. But he wasn't – that's not why he was selected. This was like when things work out for him because we think they will, it's going to – he'll be a nice like cog. He'll, you know, he'll He's fill – He'll fill somewhere between the best-case scenario, he's a five-hitter. Worst-case scenario, he's a seven-hitter. He's more of the icing than the actual cake. But there are players like Jose Miranda that exist all over the Twins organization and all over professional baseball just in general. Mm -hmm. Guys like Royce Lewis 
are drafted to be special. Now, maybe they don't end up special, but they can end up relevant and end up very, very useful and productive for a really long time. Mm-hmm. And he's at least showing all the right signs. It's fun, man. It's it's a lot of fun, and that's what really helps out. And speaking of a lot of fun, I think this is a good time to transition to big news, the, the big news that shocked the NBA world yesterday, Corey, and it's... Nas Reed, Corey. Yes, welcome back, Nas Reed. Oh. Everybody now. So good. Nas Reed is back. Three-year, $42 million contract for the big fella off the bench. It's great. I think somebody said the Minnesota Timberwolves have invested like two hundred over $200 million in just the center position. Do you remember, I think, was it you or was it Jared when we were talking about this off the air? It kind of seemed like Carl Anthony Towns would be back. Uh-huh. This makes it seem less likely all of a sudden, doesn't it? See, that's what some people have said that. I've seen that floated around that, like, the fact that that Nas Reed is back means that, like, for him to come back and want to take that money must feel like that one of those centers is going to be gone. And that's probably true. I don't think Carl Anthony Towns is on the Timberwolves two years from now, and maybe not even a year from now. Which is a shame. It is. But I think... But in the short term, I think that they're going to run this back. I, For whatever reason, and I I could be proven wrong, as I have multiple times, but I feel like they're going to try and run things back for at least this year, and I know we've talked about this off the air, at least to the trade deadline. Uh, but I think Nas Reed came back not just because of the money, because he got paid above what is called the mid-level exception in the NBA. So he was going to make comparable money to what he was going to make on the open market, but also the fact that he likes playing in Minnesota. Uh, Dane Moore, who covers the Wolves, uh, said he talked to Nas Reed on the plane, uh, on an airplane, just found happened to bump into him uh, on a flight after the season ended and kind of talked to him about free agency, and he said to him, do you think the fans will be upset at me if I leave? And one of, there was a Wolves fan who later was on the plane because Nas had the broken wrist at the time. And he's like, hey, man, I got you. And like put his uh, put his luggage in like the overhead bin. And he said, Nas Reed kind of turned around, just looked at me and smirked. And he's like, that's when I thought there's no way he's not leaving. And he was practicing at the Wolves facility. I think he stayed because he likes being in Minnesota. So uh, I want to go back to the Carl thing really quickly. I think you're right. I think they're going to run it back. But you're right. But um I uh, I actually think we think the same thing. You think they're going to run it back, but you don't know if that means long term. Yeah. Which, th- I mean, turns out the trade deadline's in what, February or something? Uh-huh. Carl uh, Anthony Towns, 52 this year, or after after this coming season, Cat 52, then 56 on the books Yeesh. the following season. And we're talking about a new um, CBA we're talking. Well, I think collective they call bargaining them, agreement. Yeah, they're yeah. Call, and they're calling them. There's tiers or aprons to this. Um, it's very complicated. Carl's not. Carl makes too much money. He's he, gonna. And turns out they're gonna have to give Ant a whole 
bunch of money here. And they're going to have to pay Jaden McDaniels too. Who, by all accounts, turned down every, did the Timberwolves every phone call about Jaden McDaniels during the draft. Yeah. Do not call me about Jaden McDaniels. So, um... Enjoy the three big man rotation, the triple towers for the Timberwolves for at least like three months. There's a tweet about uh, the Wolves and about their young core. And I mentioned this last week on the morning sports desk, but I think it bears repeating again. Again, it's by Kyle Teague. He covers the the Timberwolves for uh, uh, score North and a couple other places. And, and, uh, what he said about the Wolves' young core and about the fact that if they were able to re-sign Nas, this is their uh, this is their roster. And assuming that they're able to re-sign Jaden McDaniels and Anthony Edwards, they have Nikel Alexander-Walker, who's 24, Nas Reed, who's 23, Jaden McDaniels, who's 22, Anthony Edwards and Wendell Moore Jr. are 21, Jalen Clark is also 21, Josh Minot is 20 years old, Mateo, uh, Mateo Spangelo is 20, and Leonard Miller, their second-round draft pick is 19 years old they got a really fun young core so they're trying to win now and they have cat and they have rudy and they have a slow-mo and they have a few of these other guys but the fact that they have all these young guys in place means that this core is going to be around for a while and god darn it after so many years of the wolves stinking at the draft for them to have all this young talent at one time it's just really, really fun. Now, I know they're the Timberwolves, and I know we should always assume that they're going to screw things up before they get it right, but we can acknowledge that they are in a good spot. That doesn't guarantee future results, but they are in a much better spot than they've been in a lot of years in franchise history. This has been the Morning Sports Desk for Monday, June 26th.